Our Father, we thank you for being kind to us today, for drawing us back when we were going astray, for strengthening us to do your will and for your forgiveness. We have come to hear your word. Lord, we pray that your word will buoy us up, will encourage us to look up and set our affections on things that are above. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Maranatha, October 14, The Wrath of the Lamb The kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. The derisive jests have ceased. Lying lips are hushed into silence. The clash of arms, the tumult of battle, with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, is stilled. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5. Not now is heard but the voice of prayer and the sound of weeping and lamentation. The cry bursts forth from lips so lately scoffing. The great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The wicked pray to be buried beneath the rocks of the mountains, rather than meet the face of him whom they have despised and rejected. That voice which penetrates the ear of the dead, they know. How often have its plaintive tender tones called them to repentance? How often has it been heard in the touching entreaties of a friend, a brother, a redeemer? To the rejecters of his grace, no other could be so full of condemnation, so burdened with denunciation, as that voice which has so long pleaded, Turn ye! Turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die? Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 11 Oh, that it were to them the voice of a stranger, says Jesus. I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But you have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. That voice awakens memories which they would fain blot out, warnings despised, invitations refused, privileges slighted. In the lives of all who reject truth, there are moments when conscience awakens, when memory presents the torturing recollection of a life of hypocrisy, and the soul is harassed with vain regrets. But what are these compared with the remorse of that day, when destruction cometh as a whirlwind? Proverbs chapter 1 verse 27 Those who would have destroyed Christ and his faithful people now witness the glory which rests upon them. 
those who would have destroyed Christ and his faithful people now witness the glory which rests upon them which rests upon them amen paragraph 3 that voice which penetrates the ear of the dead they know how often have its plaintive tender tones called them to repentance how often has it been heard in the touching entreaties of a friend a brother a redeemer to reject us of his grace no other can be so full of condemnation so burdened with denunciation as that voice which has so long pleaded turn ye turn ye from your evil ways for why will ye die oh that it were to them the voice of a stranger now the last line says that voice awakens memories which they would fain blot out warnings despised invitations refused privileges slighted so there there will be no individual who will come up to this time to say god i i never knew i never heard your voice you must not know every truth for you to be lost you must just reject one truth for you to be lost and uh, these individuals have heard Christ's voice through church members neighbors through someone who chose to live like Christ they saw him living all the days and they rejected that voice that was speaking to their conscience about what the true meaning of uh, life is in the lives of all who reject truth there are moments when conscience awakens when memory presents the torturing recollection of a life of hypocrisy and the soul is harassed with vain regrets now in this fact if at this time the voice will be remembered and the individual will want to forget it because it is too late there will be no use for it why not now heed to the voice hebrews 12 will say see that ye refuse not him that speaketh is it not better for us to listen to that voice now instead of us to run away from that voice when to be speaking at that time on this note i will read this paragraph from it is structured october 27 1892 paragraph 3 and 4 i appeal to the youth choose ye this day whom ye will serve this is the voice again speaking today choose ye this day today whom ye will serve there is a necessity for a decided choice for jesus said ye cannot serve god and mammon no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other he who is mighty in counsel speaks to you will you hear his voice brother listener will you obey his words ubani jesus says seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things that has taken away your affections and uh, taking your mind away from answering that voice seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you he invites you to step upon new and higher ground than that which you have occupied in the past if your heart is filled with love to christ it will be demonstrated that he is stronger than the passions which have ruled you whose indulgence have undermined noble impulses 
and left the soul to the mercy of Satan's temptations. Let's say because you were thinking that oh, it's of no use for me to answer the call. After all, every day I see, see myself sinning. Every day I see myself sinning. What is the use of answering the call? I'm not a Christian. Leave me alone. Let me just enjoy this sin. Instead of having to fight these battles every day, I read again from the same youth instructor, this time June 29, 1893, paragraph 8. <clears throat> I make an appeal to the youthful disciples of Christ to arouse, no longer to indulge in pleasure-seeking, in self-love and ease, no longer be controlled by inclination, and by the lusts of the carnal heart, as desires of the carnal hearts. Do not settle down into Satan's easy chair. Don't, don't. Do not settle down into Satan's easy chair and say that there is no use. You cannot cease to sin. That there is no power in you to overcome. Don't settle down in that chair. If you settle down in that chair, you will at last find yourself in that company that we want to hide from the lamb as he's coming. I'll continue. There is no power in you apart from Christ. But it is your privilege to have Christ abiding in your heart by faith. And he, that is Christ, and he can overcome sin in you when you cooperate with his efforts, putting your will on the side of God's will. Christ says, I have overcome the world. In him you lift up the banner as one who conquers. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You may have a constant testimony in your life to the power of the grace of Christ and may understand what are the operations of the Spirit of God. You may be living epistles known and read of all men. You are not to be a dead letter, but a living one, testifying to the world that Jesus is able to save. Yes, that a lamb is able to save because he was given to take away the sins of the world, even your sins. At that time, the lamb will come for vengeance. And if you have been able to, uh, to let him take away your sins today, to let him overcome sin in you today, then at that time you will not be afraid. You will say, this is my God, I voted for him. Now, how do we let Christ overcome in us? How is it that we will not sit on Satan's easy chair? It is by knowing, understand that, yes, you cannot overcome your sin by yourself, but there is power given to overcome that sin that may discourage you from going to Christ. It will not be your choice. When the Bible is saying, choose you this day whom you serve, it is choose you whether you will receive that power and overcome the sin or whether you will indulge in the sin to your destruction. It is your choice every day that will determine what power will come to you. Whether you sit on Satan's easy chair or you stand up to fight the battle of overcoming. Grab the power. It is your privilege to take it. It has been given to you and it cost the life of the Son of God. It cost blood. Take the power and Jesus will be able to receive you and give you power to overcome that sin which will make you to turn away from him if you don't listen to his voice today. Take that power from Christ. Receive his words into your heart over that particular sin and you will not go back to it. May God help every one of us to fight manfully the battles of life and not yield and sit on Satan's easy chair in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. 
God understood the pain that man would go through and the difficulty that man would pass that the penalty of sin would be too great for man to bear and still live so much that the bible said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to drink that cup of wrath that man should bear on his own behalf is an act of love that God gave his son to drink to drink the dregs of the cup of God's wrath but what does man do today man derides and takes for granted that he is living on borrowed time man takes for granted that he had no life before now that twice he has been purchased man takes for granted the pain at calvary in the book science of the time october 29 1885 paragraph 15 we are told that to eve it seemed a small thing to disobey god by tasting the fruit of the forbidden tree and to tempt her husband to transgress also but their sin opened the flood gates of woe upon the world and their posterity would have remained in hopeless bondage to sin had not Christ had pity on them he left his throne in the courts of heaven he laid aside his royal robe clothed his divinity with humanity and came to a world all seared and marred by the curse to reach men where they were He descended step by step in humiliation that he might reach to the very depths of human woe where man had been plunged by his transgression of the law while with his divine arm he grasped the infinite one thus connecting man with god and earth with heaven this great sacrifice was not made to verify the words of satan by saving man in his transgression the design was not to do away and make of non effect the law of god but to give man another trial another opportunity to prove his loyalty to the god of heaven i want to believe god is trying to tell us today the life you have is a second chance the life i have is a second chance it was not given to me because i merited it there is no good in us and we cannot misuse it and expect to receive an an approbation from god we cannot misuse it and expect to go free if we have not made our lives right with god psalm 75 verse 8 says for in the hand of the lord there is a cup and the wine is red it is full of mixture and he pour it out of the same but the dregs thereof all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them isaiah 51 verse 17 says awake awake stand up o jerusalem which has drunk at the hand of the lord the cup of his fury thou hast drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling and wrung them out but in verse 22 god says Thus said thy lord the lord 
and thy God that pleaded the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thy hand the cup of trembling, even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt no more drink it again. That's God's word and that's God's promise to man. That's God trying to tell us that we do not have to die because he has gone through Gethsemane. Every experience Jesus went through was for our sake. Every slap he received was for our sake. Every blow, every accusation, every word that was wrongly spoken to Jesus was for our sake in place of our sin. Why would we now have to drink it again by disobedience? Eve's thought, Eve thought that disobedience was a little matter. Lying is not a little matter. It required the life of the Son of God. Stealing is not a little matter. Writing or, or exam practice is not a little matter. Breaking God's Sabbath is not a little matter. Stealing the affection of a woman that is not yours or you are not married to or of a man that is not your husband is not a little matter. For the littlest of matter, the fruits of the knowledge of good and evil that Eve took required the sacrifice of the Son of God. What then could be considered of a little matter if that which we see today just a matter of eating required blood and that blood Jesus has paid for it how can we now say nothing really matters that what I wear does not matter or what I say does not matter or to live for the pleasures of this world and neglect the principles of the gospel does not matter how can we say that in the face of Calvary how can we say that in the face of the cross when tempted we ought to remember that the sin for which we are tempted would require the blood of Christ to atone for it. When Christ decided to take this blow of our sins on himself, I want you to hear what Satan charged him or what Satan did to him and then try to see if you would want Satan's words to be true in refusing Christ. I'm reading Signs of the Times, January 15, 1902. The but now the hour of Satan's apparent triumph had come. The storm of wrath was about to beat upon the Savior. A horror of great darkness oppressed his soul. Everything was at stake with him. In its hardest futures, Satan pressed the situation upon the Redeemer. The people who claimed to be above all others in temporal and spiritual advantages have rejected you. They are seeking to destroy you. The foundation, the center and seal of the promises made to them as a peculiar people. One of your own disciples who has listened to your instruction and has been among the foremost in church activities will betray you. One of your most zealous followers will deny you. All will forsake you. These were the words Satan spoke to Christ to turn him back. I'll continue. Christ's whole being abhorred the thought that those whom he had undertaken to save should unite in the plots of Satan pierced his soul. The conflict was terrible. 
the sins of men weighed heavily upon the Savior, and the sense of God's wrath against sin was crushing out his life. From his pale lips came the bitter cry, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So, this was the agony Christ passed through, and he took the cup on your behalf. If we refuse to place ourselves on the side of Christ and follow his ways, we are saying, Lord, I want to drink that cup. I am a fit man. Let me drink it. Let me have my life now. And that's what the devotion is pointing us to. There are people who have rejected God's sacrifice as though they were man enough to stand it. It's of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. I really pray that we will consider our choices in the light of the cross. It's the cross that gives the evidence. It's the cross that gives the power. It's the cross that gives us the wisdom to make the decision today. Without the cross, we may not really understand what is at stake. But I really pray that as we look at the cross and what Jesus had to go through, we will not despise it or take it for granted in Jesus' name. Amen. Says Jesus, that is in paragraph 3, says Jesus, I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. These words are spoken and will be fulfilled on, on those who do not come to Christ as a refuge. But there are specific things that Christ mentioned there. He said, I have called his voice and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded for you to take it and allow him to lead you. But you have set out not all my counsel, all his instructions of how to choose life partner, how to choose amusement, how to choose the kind of clothes to wear, how to choose friends to have, how to choose where to go to. and. Answer, he said here, but ye have set at not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. This will be the condemnation of those individuals. In Christ told the, the Jews, I will not be the one to condemn you. My words, the words which I have spoken, will condemn you on that day. All this while we have been hearing from the Bible what kind of life we are to live as Christians, those who have chosen the way of the Lord. But some of us are like Cain. I'll bring my fruit, the fruit of my ground instead of being, bringing the sacrifice that God has ordained. I'll bring the works of my own hands and God will reject that sacrifice. But I, want, I, I want us to know that there is still hope now. At that time, there will be no hope because that place that was quoted in Proverbs 1 verse 25 and 25, in verse 25 and 27, it says that because we have despised all those counsels and reproof, destruction will come like a whirlwind. And Christ says, I will mock when your calamity cometh. Now I want to read something for every one of us so that we may know that we may heed the Lord's counsel now that we have this time of peace. There are many youth who walk in darkness and have no light. The reason for this is that they do not trust in the Lord and stay upon their God. I read in Youth Instructor, March 23rd, 1893. There are many youth who walk in darkness and have no light. The reason for this is that they do not trust in the Lord and stay upon their God. 
they do their own pleasure they walk in their own human wisdom to fashion their lives after the simplicity of the pattern christ jesus seems a hard thing for to them and why they do not want to be ranked with unbelievers and with the unrighteous still they find no comfort in their half-hearted divided service is it not true you don't want to be part of those who are called atheists or who are this or who are that yeah i'm a geologist i believe in jesus christ in fact i i go to church on saturday but then you teach in your class that the earth was formed millions of years you you believe in jesus christ that he is the creator of the heavens and the earth yet you believe somehow that um, the the big bang theory is true you teach it as science and you believe it you write it in your exams you know you don't find comfort when you are doing your conscience plug, um, your your conscience attacks you it, it it witnesses against you and you find no peace in that and it is because you're not fashioning your life according to the simplicity of the perfect pattern you're not following christ jesus in his self-denial i'll continue the lord's hand has been reached out in tenderest compassion and love to you and to them but they fa- but they do not care to trust him they want to feel fully able to devise and plan for themselves they walk in the sparks of their own kindling therefore walk in darkness and have no light the lord's voice is heard like proverbs 1 said when i called you no answer the lord's voice is heard saying follow me he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life but like Saul, they want their own way. The Lord marks out a way in which he would have them walk. He has lent them talents to be used for his glory, to do a certain work for the master. But Satan says, I will countermand the order of Christ. I will find another line of work for active brain and busy hands, whereby they shall serve me. I will eclipse eternal interest before this youth, before you who is listening, before me also. This is Satan's plan. I will will eclipse eternal interest before this youth and attract his mind by worldly interests. And when he is disappointed in one, I will thrust before him other attractions. I will blind his power to discern that he may walk against the advancement of truth. I will bind him about with worldly allurements like the finest threads whose power to bind will become at last like ropes of steel and he shall be bound in my service i can lead him where i choose and he will this is this word even hurts i can lead him where i choose satan is saying and he will not discern that he is in hostility to jesus my rival and disloyal to god what a terrible delusion satan is planning that as he's planning all these things that we will not even know that we are serving him now we are instead we were thinking we are serving Jesus. We are going to be singing songs, praying, going to doing evangelism, but actually we are disloyal to God. Many are in self-deception and enter into plans with which the Lord has nothing to do. But the only the only safe course to be pursued is to obey the word of the Lord. Instead of doing this, many propose to do some wonderful thing. They find it easier to plan some great thing for the future than to empty themselves of self, surrender to God, 
heart, mind, and will and submit to be molded by that power that can create and destroy. Let the youth critically examine their motives. This is how you can keep off this deception so that you will not be part of those individuals who will cry on that day. Let the youth, let me critically examine their motives by prayer and searching of the scriptures and see if their own will and inclinations do not lead away from God's requirements. Many say, we will do this or that. I can do a good work in this way or that way. But will you prayerfully consider as to whether you are following the light of the world or walking in the sparks of your own kindling? It is a perilous thing to walk in the sparks of your own kindling. For the word of God declares of those who do this that they shall lie down in sorrow. In following your own way, you will be disappointed. You will have no comfort. You will gain nothing yourself and will have robbed God of the service due to him because you insisted in trying your own way, saying, I will work for God in this way when God had marked out another cause. Did you hear? Did you hear this? Oh, mercy. May God have mercy on us. Your plans seem very plausible. It's very nice. It will work very well according to your mind. But if they are not wrought in God, they will come to naught. The Lord would have his servants work out his own plan. For then he can work with them. God requires obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of lambs. God will not tolerate stubbornness and rebellion, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Young men and women, inquire in your business relations. Am I where God would have me to be? Am I placing myself where I am liable to enter into temptation? Am I where I can discern the Spirit's teaching? Can I in my present enjoyment, employment enjoy the blessing of God in all its fullness? Am I in the line of my duty? The blessing of God will be upon those who are just where God's plans would have them be. Has the Lord given you light that he requires you to do a certain work? If so, it is not safe for you to be disobedient. Let there be serious thinking on your part. Ask yourself, am I serving my master Jesus Christ? Or am I pleasing myself and failing to please God and to bring honor to his holy name? Now, it's asked us a question. Do you want to change this order of things without delay? Would you choose to serve God? Then Je- Jesus invites you to believe. He says, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Let youth grasp the hand of infinite power. Faith grows by exercise. Feed upon the promises. Be content to rely upon the simple promise of God's word. Wait no longer in unbelief for you are in danger of losing your souls. Then I'll take the last paragraph of this reading. Young men and young women, take a definite, decided stand for the Lord. The Lord has a work for you to do. Ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which are God's. Your soul is of value or Christ would not have died to redeem it as our brother read in the previous reading. It is, our, it is your privilege to reach heights in spiritual attainments. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. For the ears of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. You that have once enjoyed the love of Jesus, 
and with moistened eyes and broken hearts have been witnesses for God, where are you today? God loves you. He came to our world to seek and save the lost. He will restore unto you the joys of his salvation. You once avowed yourselves to be the Lord's, and the sweet peace of Jesus perverted the soul. You did taste and testify that the Lord is good, but you did not follow the requirements of God. You failed to live up to the light, yet Jesus loves you still. Come and seek the Lord just as you are, and do not be discouraged and think you are forsaken of God and man. In the place of walking in the sparks of your own kindling, walk in the light of heaven. Now the promise is given. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Let him wait upon the Lord. Let him follow Jesus, the light of the world. For he has said, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. In the last paragraph of the reading, it says, in the lives of all who reject truth. There are moments when conscience awakens, when memory presents the torturing recollection of a life of hypocrisy. And the soul is harassed with vain regrets. But what are these in com- when compared with the remorse of that day? When destruction comets as a whirlwind. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 27. I pray that none of us will be in that situation where we would have the worst regret that people would ever have. I can try to put myself in that situation and understand that that feeling is not going to be good at all. To know that you could have been there, but you are not there. Having spoken the truth, having known it and that and yet you allow one sin to stop you from perfecting the character of christ you allow one thing to keep you on the wrong side and then you come there with bitter regrets may god help us that we will not be among that crowd but that we would overcome what needs to be overcome now so that we can make it in jesus name Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, loving Father, for the message you've given to us once again this evening. I pray that you will set everything that has been said to the heart of all of us who are here and to those who will listen. I pray, Father, that you would awaken our souls to make preparation for your coming. Whatever it is in our lives that we're still holding on to that is not in harmony with your will, Please, Lord, give us the grace to overcome these things. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.